Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we're covering Season 4, Episode 1, Edge of Timorty, Rick Die, Rick Pete. Here's Aaron with the recap. Rick and Morty go mining for death crystals, a substance that allows you to foresee the manner of your own death. Morty uses this fantastic power to steer his life in a direction of dying old with Jessica. One of these directions leads to the death of Rick. But it turns out Rick is pretty tough to kill on a permanent basis. Regenerating in clone bat after fascist clone bat, Rick tries to get back to his own reality to prevent Morty from wasting his life. That's his job, after all. This podcast is sponsored by Bald Move with club.baldmove.com. It is our club feature, and it's how you can get a bunch of exclusive premium content just for yourself. Uh, and nobody else and also support uh, some goofy dudes from the Midwest Pick a Podcast uh, one of the most popular features is our first run bald movies last week we saw Ewan McGregor aka Obi-Wan Kenobi in Stephen King's Doctor Sleep and had a real good time next week we're looking forward to watching the long awaited Ford versus Ferrari and then we got a great run into the new year a beautiful day in the neighborhood the Fred Rogers biopic and Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker to name just a few also club members enjoy ad free podcasts you never have to listen listen to me hawk a product or even the club ever again it's super easy to sign up club.baldmove.com and you can preview the content for free for a 30-day trial club.baldmove.com all right jim what did you think of the season premiere of season four uh i liked it i thought it was a really good episode of rick and morty but i kind of think it could have been any episode of rick and morty like any number in the season didn't have to really be a season premiere i felt like I wanted maybe a little bit more of a follow-on, kind of like we got with last season where we just pick right up where we left off. This one doesn't seem to, or at least it's not central to the plot to address like Jerry being back with the family. And the, although it does incidentally address that stuff, I think uh, this, this didn't feel like a, like it had to be a season opener for me, but it was very entertaining. I think, I, so I think I think this is a great episode. I was very entertained. I think that, you know, it's a recency bias and all that, but I think it might be a top five episode for me. Hmm. But I get what you're saying, and I think that that's structurally a problem that goes back to last season where they didn't really have a cliffhanger other than Jerry's coming back, like Beth was freaking out about being a clone, and Jerry's coming back in the family, and I felt like... Um, the only way they could quote unquote deal with that in a way that would like live up to the expectations of former seasons is to like just delve right into like Beth as a clone or, mm -hmm. you know, Beth returning yeah. after rampaging from in the universe for a while, you know, and there that would probably be a pacing type of mistake. So, I mean, they do deal like with the new dynamic where it looks like mm -hmm. Rick is at least like paying lip service to the fact that he needs to ask for Morty's permission to do these adventures. There's also maybe a hint of character development when he has dinner with wasp rick's family and he right. sees that like here's a rick that actually respects and has empathy and 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 buys into the way things that should be done um mm -hmm. but yeah i'm trying to think if i put myself in like dan and justin's shoes how do you engineer like uh uh like how, so if you have a kind of like a, a false cliffhanger how do you engineer a satisfying false resolution to that? Mm -hmm. And I think it looks like this episode 
okay. where it's yeah. just Rick being close, like coming back to fucked up variations of his own reality. Uh, you got, you know, Morty going full blown Akira. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Morty's canonically like after he got his his murder whistle wet uh, in the purge planet, he is like a mass murderer on Earth that everyone's forgiven him because he he howled. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that stuff is so weird, but so funny. Yeah, and there's a lot of other stuff I'd love to talk about, like the the new. Well, I guess it's not new because it was the same. Is when, when did the summer antagonism start? Because there was a mm. little bit of that with her, like you know, regenerating their memories from the Morty's mind blowers. Like as soon as they got the right, but like Rick trusts her enough to entrust her with Omega protocols like that. Yeah. So and, and it was just last season, I think, where. You know, they were kind of hanging out all going on adventures together. And now it seems like, yeah, like you said, it's, the relationship is a little different. Mm. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess the first, yeah, glimpse I got into that was Morty's Mind Blowers. Yeah. So there's, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I thought just from a, a joke per minute, it was pretty jam-packed. The animation, mm. holy shit, some of the stuff that they were doing with, like, just Morty's, like, uh, borrowing Rick's tech wizardry. Um, I liked like I, I watched this episode quite a few times just to see like the different permutations of death that there's like there's like 12 different combinations constantly shifting in the, the margins when they're looking through the death crystal vision. Yeah. And just like some of the neck, you know, just the amount of craftsmanship that work that went into it from a, uh, a, 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 a visual standpoint. I also as a big Dan Harmon fan, I enjoyed the fact that like I think Dan voiced three different distinct characters in this oh, episode. See, that's as many as he's done in the entire I think series. So. Up to yeah. Now. He was like the bully yeah. for sure. He was like the, um, he, he was the, uh, news anchor that was denying gaslighting or gaslighting the, the, uh -huh. the lady being gaslit. And I think he was one other thing. So I, I, I like seeing that too. And then, I just I I don't know whether this says something bad about me, but like uh, the golden fold being eaten alive as larva, <laughs> uh, juxtaposed with the loving wasp family, mm -hmm. just I don't know that that hit me just just right. Oh yeah, when the larva pop out and Morty gobbles mm -hmm. them up real Bonus, quick, yeah. wasp Morty, yeah, <laughs> so good. Uh, let's real quick talk about the intro. There's one thing that stood out to me as the scariest monster yet in the Rick and Morty verse. Which is a two-headed goose? Oh my god! <laughs> I want. I have no tolerance for geese, let alone a double-headed one. What's funny is because um, I've long maintained that geese are a frightening. They're frightening, belligerent. Uh, you know, yeah. sawed-off dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. And then the video game became popularized mm -hmm. in popular culture. Untitled Goose Game. Yep. Yeah, I wonder if this is a late edition. Like if uh, you know, because I know Dan plays games, and you know. You, a good bet that probably half of the staff that works on this probably have played play video games and are familiar with this mm -hmm. like two-headed goose it's got to be a reference right i mean i i would think so yeah yeah so i'm i i wonder because like the other game i like to play when i'm watching rick and morty and early on the season is like which of these scenes are going to be just invented for the credits and which of these fucked up things are actually going to come from the episode. Right. And I felt like there used to be a rhythm to it. Like, you know, you'd all, you'd have like a fake one, a real one, fake one, real one. And last season mm -hmm. they switched that up a bit. So I'm not sure. Cause I would have bet any amount of money that the various R R Morty's like escaping from the Hogwarts classroom was going to be mm -hmm. just like some bullshit thing. And it turned out that was right from the Citadel of Rick's yep. the tales from the Citadel. So 
Um, I also didn't have, I, I meant to go back and write down all those little s- s- brief scenarios and like do a wager, like some kind of like uh, wager some internet points to see if we could figure <laughs> out which one is real and which ones aren't. But since uh, we have on any given Sunday night, uh, what is it now? Mr. Robot, Mr. And Robot, Watchmen, and, and Watchmen, Rick and Morty, and Rick and Morty, all of those shows requiring heavy duty analysis that something had to give. So I'm I'm gonna yeah. wait until like I get some downtime on on Wednesday night or Thursday to 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 do that. But, and good news, we have four more weeks to do it. So yeah, yeah. And this uh, speaking of sawed off, sawed off season. Some brief housekeeping. First up uh, on Swizzbold, our new network that Jim, Cecily, and I launched, uh, the debut of Three Right Turns, a political podcast that I'm hosting. It's an introduction pod where I talk about my cultural, religious, and economic background and how it informs the show and the objectives of Three Right Turns. If that sounds cool, check out swizzbold.com or search for Three Right Turns uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. On Baldmoo TV, Alexis and Cecily are doing his dark materials on HBO, a.k.a. Her magical ferret hour. I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck even is dust. Also on Bald Move TV, Jim and I are going to be talking about uh, The Mandalorian this week. We're going to be previewing that on the new Disney service. Bald Movies features Dr. Sleep last week. This week we're going to be seeing Ford versus Ferrari. Check that out if you're interested in those movies. We had the finale of American Horror Story. Our Watchmen podcast, We Do, is still weird as fuck. You can find the latest stuff we're doing at baldmove.com or search for any of these show names where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Um, okay, so that that takes that that takes care of the intro. Mm-hmm. Talk about death crystals. Yeah, pretty cool concept. Um, I think I've seen like it, it seems like this is like a Twilight Zone or a Tales from the Dark Side type of concept. Feels but, very much like that. Yeah, but the, it's it's animated, so it's completely well realized. I thought it was. Um, a great way to like when when Rick uses it to the hoard off the or the ward off the the crystal thieves. Mm-hmm. He's like hiding behind he's like certain death, certain death, no way out, <laughs> can't, can't escape my fate. Reloading, and he goes and shoots him. Like yeah, um, it's one of those things where it's a great power. You 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 wonder why Rick does? Oh, I guess you 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 know why Rick doesn't do it because Rick just doesn't choose to live his life this way. Yeah, I mean, it. I think it. So the moment that Morty picks up this crystal and sees this vision of his death, right, that involves Jessica telling him that uh, she loves him and they're they're both very, very old. He's probably on his deathbed at this point because uh, why would it show it if not? I thought this is very likely a scenario that is not what he thinks it is. This mm. is a scenario without context. This mm. could be uh, he spent 80 years of his life pining over Jessica, never having seen her again since high school. And then here she shows up out of the blue on his deathbed to say, I love you. And this is more, uh, more sad and dark than it could possibly be. And of course, by the end of the episode, it's revealed that that's the case. Like he meant nothing to her. He's just some random guy. She doesn't even remember from high school. Um, so yeah, like it's trying to show you the folly of living your life trying to make your life mean something in the very end and and have the perfect outcome right yeah because because morty doesn't live his life in in those like he doesn't live the journey he's living for the destination and the the destination isn't even what he thinks it is so i i really thought the the commentary on like the way rick chooses to live his life versus the way morty chooses to live his life with this death crystal was pretty poignant yeah, also they had this thing where uh, I liked it, like Rick at the end. He's like, what is this, full house? We learned lessons here. And the idea that the opposite of crazy is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, 
uh you know morty's like i guess the listen is you got to live in the moment and rick's like fuck that i've been living in the moment non-stop and it's led me to one you know na- nazi clone tank to another right maybe you gotta sometimes plan and sometimes uh live in the moment and mm-hmm. that's all of course also meta commentary because i feel like this episode is uh, the res- resolution of the tension between, you know, Dan Harmon's storytelling and Justin Roiland's. Like, this is uh, applicable to the writer's room that, like, you know, sometimes we'll okay. do something wild and crazy. Sometimes we'll do something very plot and, and continuity heavy. And sometimes we'll do classic stuff and sometimes we'll do new stuff. And some like, it's essentially resetting yeah. the expe- expectation of the show to, like, you know... You guys are expecting a lot because we had like a lot of this evil Morty plot running through, but uh, you know we're not above busting out me six every once in a while. And the way they do it, like you know, you've been waiting to see me six, and he's kind of been you know here and there, you know, helping people out with arcade games and blitz and shits, and mm-hmm. he's been in the background. But like Morty summoning a horde of them yep. to shield him from the consequences of his actions. Uh, Rick summoning one to kill this Nazi prick. The off-brand Kirkland oh, one. The Kirkland is that a Costco brand? Yes, okay, it is a yeah, Costco yeah. brand. Now, the question about Kirkland brand because I don't associate like Costco brands as being like inferior in quality. So, like, uh-huh. I think that Mesix gets the job done. Uh huh. They just don't. He just doesn't have a marketing budget. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't seem. He he's there to to help you out, but he doesn't seem like he's gonna be. He's not. He's not going to be advertised on interdimensional cable, you know. He's not going to have. Uh, he's. Fair, they're, they're, yeah. they're, he's not going to have uh, advertisements taken out in the Sunday paper to buy the Kirkland brand. He's Why just, is he smoking? Because I don't know. I guess because <laughs> that's. It's like I'm. I was trying to figure out what the joke was. Is the joke is he's a shitty me six, or he's just like a you know uh, a me six with a bad interface? Like you know what is he just yeah, yeah. he's just off putting. But he's he'll just get the job done. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. It depends, I guess, on what the writers think of Costco. Yeah, I imagine it's some like deep commentary on like supply chains and and putting small businesses out of out of business. Like, there's probably some really deep uh, thing that we should be thinking about with this. But I didn't see it. Do you think that uh, uh, Costco will capitalize on this? <laughs> Like in, in the way of uh, they we'll have limited edition red me six boxes they that should. like you just hit the like what what does that look like you hit the button and it just says what do you want uh-huh with a little puff of smoke that comes out <laughs> shoot cigarette smoke in your face yeah or yeah like uh terrible uh what, what is it's not the like what's the halloween fog shit like the propylglycol or mm, yeah you could actually do that if you didn't want to you know shoot someone with cigarettes in their face mm-hmm but yeah, get on that, Costco. Embrace embrace uh, you getting your name drug through Adult Swim's uh, product as a as, as a knockoff brand. Maybe I guess that's what they were doing. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's a thing. There's ways. There's different ways you can uh, you can interpret that. This operates. So let's talk about the central mechanic of this episode: um, the Operation Phoenix deal. Um, how does that work? So, like, Rick discontinues it in his 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 uh, dimension. Um, what is rerouting his consciousness? Am I thinking too hard about this? Like, like, how does it get rerouted to the shrimp dimension, the fascist shrimp dimension? I mean, I assume there's some form of his portal gun tech built into his cloning facilities that if they don't find a clone in the vat to wake up, they do it in another universe, another dimension. But like, doesn't does he not know that it would work that way? 
he should have known, yeah, that when he took his first clone offline, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't actually do anything. It wouldn't affect anything. He'd just spawn in another dimension. It's like unplugging your router at home and expecting the internet to go away. Oh, wait, shit. I mean, there's a dimension. So I, I don't know the causality of all this, but there's a dimension in which he didn't shut it off, right? Mm-hmm. Are those are those somehow quantumly entangled to the point where like the actions taken in this spin-off dimension are are reflected in another dimension that oh, does Jesus. still have the clone tank. Jesus. I I I <laughs> I don't think so because he says the protocols are in place and that. That's like, what it says like it's a, it's a rerouting. It's yeah, almost like yeah, there yeah. is action being taken to I don't yeah. know. It's like it's like I, I so I do believe that Ricks would do something like that. I think they would just mm-hmm. charge for it. Like ah, shut down the Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, you shut down the Phoenix program, eh? Well, what the, what does a god need with money? Also, let, here's another noodle bender. What if at any time, why Rick was doing all this cloning shit, if Morty had put the the genetic material into the back of the car and reconstituted Rick? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have now two Ricks from two C one thirty seven Ricks? I mean, in as much as a clone is C one thirty seven Rick, sure. Um, which was your favorite? uh rick reality in this in this episode uh i really liked i mean wasp is good i, I like the fed the but... fascist teddy bear is pretty good where he's just like <laughs> he he's just like do best fascist and he's like nah fuck this and just instantly kill himself with a broken glass yeah uh that's really good funko of course already has a teddy bear do they seriously? Yeah, a, a teddy bear oh, version man. of Rick ready to go. Somebody got to see this episode ahead of time. Oh yeah, the Not the, us. the people people making actual merchandise that has ship times. Yeah. There were there were a few good ones though. I, I think shrimp shrimp Rick was pretty damn good. Yeah. Cuz he's like, like yeah. oh, oh, what does your garage look like? Actually, no, identical to this one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> cuz he's like cuz that's I think as funny as the shrimp Thought that the bipedal ape descended Rick would have would live in a treehouse, uh-huh. not thinking that like this is a weird place for a shrimp to live. It's not an aquarium. There's no water here. Right. Like, oh, you probably live in a treehouse, right? And then the other Rick's like, ah, oh, no. And then the you know the whole like actually shrimp is uh it, it's it's an upgrade from the fascist. I I thought that was funny in the commentary about like why is this the default now? Mm-hmm. Um, I saw some people yeah. online talking about like what was the meat because there's like the plain reading of that is you know like as, as a frequent topic on harmontown dan's uh um soon to be put in its pasture podcast is like it seems like you know nationalism is creeping across across the globe mm-hmm. it's like a changing kind of times thing but there's also some people that are wanting to see like a evil morty connection that like you know, now that he's consolidated power over the Citadel of Ricks, that Morty is actually trying to engender like fascism across the multiverse so that he can consolidate his control further, which Could I be. think is kind of an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of like interesting narratively to think that maybe evil Morty's actions are affecting our own world. Um, yeah, I think that's I, like I said, I don't think there's any way you can prove or disprove it, but it's a cool theory. Before we leave the garage, I there was something I noticed in the garage. You know, he has this box up on the shelf called time travel stuff. Mm-hmm. When he's in the shrimp one, it just says shrimp time travel stuff, uh-huh. <laughs> which I thought was pretty hilarious. <laughs> well, then one of them had like fascist time travel stuff. Oh, it's like the first uh, one is like fascist time travel, and he had shrimp time travel. Yeah, I didn't look at the others. Which you know, shrimp is a more uh, is a uh, is an is a the shrimp descriptor overrides fascist descriptor. That's oh, interesting. Yeah? Some it must shrimp, be. It Trump's doesn't say fascism. fascist shrimp. They and they were fa- definitely That's fascist true. shrimp. Yeah. 
They yeah. had the shrimp, the the shrimps to swash shrimp. So so is the box label favoring the, the generic-sized uh, attribute or the more specific attribute? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I would think is that... Is shrimp more or less specific than In a world where Rick and fascism. Morty looked identical except for they're fascist, it was fascist time travel. So, yeah, mm. I think it's it's whatever is the most generic descriptor. Okay. Must be. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's just tons of stuff in here. Like, I, I, we, we kind of already talked about the wasp brick, but that whole, um, you know, it's like, hey, look, uh, you know, we, we, we lay our babies inside the eyeballs of our victims so they can hatch out and eat their brain. I mean, this is all based on like wasp physiology. Like, if you don't know how wasps roll, is they, they paralyze an animal and they lay eggs in it and they wall it up in a burrow and then their babies eat it slowly from the inside out. And like, if you've ever seen like video nature documentary footage of a wasp, just like tearing its way through a beehive, Mm -hmm. they're just like, uh, it's like a superhuman bee. It's like 10 times the size of bee. And it's just like biting their heads and legs and lopping things off and just maiming left and right. These things are fucking, of course, and you've ever been stung by one, you know, they're just like, just Mm -hmm. vicious fucking assholes. And the statement is like, Hey, look, when you're born this big an asshole, the least you can do is have a little empathy <laughs> and how the juxtaposition of them eating golden fold alive as he's screaming for uh. mercy, p- plucking his eyeballs. It's, it's fucking disgusting. Yep. But they're like, Hey, we're wasps, not monsters. I thought <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I loved it. I loved the, um, the hollow Rick, uh-huh. like having this, uh, you know, uh, trying to, to, to shame like Morty, at, you know, looking down at his like using um, what was it called? Like mass density. It was uh, a yeah, yeah. density privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, and Morty saying, like, why are you pretending to eat chicken? He's like, well, what's this? You know, did you eat non hot? Did you eat holographic food? You didn't. How are you not starving? That was pretty funny. Yeah, um, And then when, you know, he becomes uh as dense as a human, right? Then he suddenly turns around on that whole view, <laughs> right? Because the only reason he was that way is because, like, I that's what it's like. I don't know where that social commentary actually right. goes if you follow it down to its natural uh, end, but uh, it was pretty funny. Yeah, on the on the wasp thing though, one thing I noticed when he gets out of they're kind of intercutting between Rick and Morty in these scenes. Um, Morty with his super villain, and he gets taken to. Uh, jail and he gets put on trial and he kind of feels the crystal through through mm-hmm. that whole scenario and you know he's trying to come up with words mm-hmm. and and <laughs> he's just like pronouncing letters and hoping they it was fit like, with the crystal it's like, it's like and like using playing that a ouija board him. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. with your speech uh, right a visual mental ouija board he's using here i i also noted that there was a similarity between the way he's using that to guide him and then Rick's trepidation when he steps out in Wasp World because he he opens a hatch and he's like, doesn't know whether to say he's a fascist, mm-hmm. doesn't know whether to bring up the fascism right. thing. Like th- he's he's like trying to carve his own path to home mm-hmm. in a similar way that Morty is trying to carve a path to Jessica at, on his deathbed. Yeah, I I think Rick was like the halfway mark where like at the end of the episode, you know, he says, you got to sometimes plan, you got to sometimes not. Uh, so, so I think he's somewhere in the middle, but I thought it was an interesting parallel. Well, this other thing is like the idea that like uh, you can make decisions that solely impact yourself. Because I, I, my head canon mm-hmm. says that like Rick's every time Rick would reconstitute in the clone va- vat, no matter what Morty was doing, his chances of retiring old with Jessica just reduced because 
if Rick ever comes back to reality, he's going to pry the crystal and, and make him act right, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, every time Rick would come back, like, you know, like the time where he's, like, fumbling towards Jessica and she invites him to the, um, you know, the skinny dipping party. Mm-hmm. Uh it could have like well first of all his in fact this is the last thing i'm going to say with my clothes on yeah, yeah. i mean there's so, so many ways you can interpret that number one like we know that the the reality he was steering towards was going to be just a really shitty yeah one where he dies alone in hospice care with this person taking care of him because that's the the, the what she decided to do but also the idea that like maybe rick's actions were causing that future to shift Huh. So like he hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like so it's like maybe he should have gone towards Jessica, but Rick was going to come back and prevent him, so mm-hmm. he can't. Uh hmm. I don't know. It's it's it, there's a lot of kind of interesting things to think about like metaphysics is like how much how much control did, does does any one person really have in their destiny? And it seems like yeah. they suggest like the only way you can like get to a place where you're locked in is is to just retreat from the world. Mm-hmm. And surround yourself with an invincible feral fluid cocoon, and just wait until you die of old age, because that thing will keep yeah. you forever, forever. And like the whole like, oh, this is good. This is my life. This is this is good. Uh, and even then, it's not dark. certain, right? It could be different than what you thought right. it was going to be, right? Because uh, Morty wouldn't have been happy with the outcome he got had he succeeded. I wouldn't think so. Like, at what point? That's the thing. Is like, at what point do you? Because like, you get this like, real strong sunk cost fall- fallacy, like. Yeah. Uh, you wait a day, a week, a month, a year, you five wait, years. You wait past seeing her in the hall at school. You wait past being invited to the skinny dipping party. Mm-hmm. What, you get to your forties and, and Noah, uh, Jessica, where do you, where do you cut bait on that? Yeah, like, his his own expectation was that well, this won't happen until I'm forty. So like, he, I could easily see him waiting twenty five years in that right fucking twisted cocoon. And, and he gets to fifty, and he's like, hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> but like, hey, double, you know, like, why, why mess with the skits? Just keep doubling down on it. Yeah. So we had the stinger we already talked about, where Jessica reveals that she was just going to choose a career that would just so happen to put um, her in a position where she can comfort uh, a lonely and and familyless and just completely wretched Morty. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a couple things like uh, we talked about in season three, uh, the the sudden kind of shocking death of Mike Mendel. Um, yeah. one of the producers of, of Rick and Morty. Also, he'd spent uh, 10 seasons with The Simpsons. And uh, I do know that from the... the It seems like that be, had a big impact on Dan because like, uh, I was listening to Harmontown, I think, this week or last, and he like went and got a will and a state and a trust set up because like, it scared him because this guy, he's like, he wasn't older than me and he's in much better shape. Yeah. This guy just drops dead. It's like, you know, it really makes you think. Um and I I like the tribute that they had of, of him. I thought that was nice. Yeah, and playing then, his dog. That's... Uh the other thing is like if you've paid attention to the title cards, is like this in season one, it was uh, you know, the harmonious claptrap, uh, Dan's com- uh, I guess production company or whatever his uh, his uh, bad robot title card is featured him and his current girlfriend his then current girlfriend Aaron McGathy, like holding hands and they had their pets. And then they got uh, married and divorced between season two and season three. And Aaron Awkward. Aaron makes these dioramas, and she made it for him, uh, whereas just he's passed out alone on the couch drinking Keitel one. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and I don't know if she made this one, but I don't know why she wouldn't, because I know they're still friends. They still do things professionally. They're, they, they still do the Harmon Quest uh, D&D um, things with Spencer. Hmm. Um, but this one is now uh, him in bed with his current fiance, Cody Heller. With their hmm. uh, pets radar, so it's like a nice little narrative arc and title cards: happiness, loss, tragedy, sadness, back to happiness, and that's interesting. 
interest i i wonder if it's uh because there's a lots of lots of subtle signs that rick might be making some some progress the fact that he swallowed his pride enough to uh, follow these rules in the first place the fact that he goes to the wasp family and sees mm-hmm. like this these these wretched wretched characters they're still like you know loving and supporting each other um but then you know the way they treat summer is a little bit of a backslide oh yeah i mean i'm fully prepared for him to backslide he's he's made seeming progress many times over these seasons mm-hmm. and always backslides and that's a perfectly realistic way to portray yeah. human development too as a bonus we're getting geared up for the sixth annual summer badass fest and while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy we've got an early action-packed announcement to make just like last year we're kicking off badass season with a live movie watch and podcast recording we've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. Our coverage of Hot D, Fire and Blood, and the 1980s Shogun miniseries continues. But then on Tuesday, for the first time in 35 years, we asked a question. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Hop aboard the train to Toontown as we revisit this incredible blending of live action and animation to see if it still holds up all this time later. Then on Wednesday, we get our first look at Blake Crouch's mind-bending sci-fi series, Dark Matter. First two episodes drop simultaneously on Apple TV Plus, and we'll have a pair of podcasts quantumly linked ready for you to observe. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. Something we're doing different in season four, since we're watching this in real time with all of y'all, is uh, we're doing uh, making feedback a bigger part of the show. Uh, if you would like to send us feedback, you can do so at Rick and Morty at baldmove.com. Uh, we had a couple pieces of feedback, and up first is Gary. He said, great episode, but I think I see a bit of a continuity error. 
This episode and previous episodes, such as Rick Shank Redemption and Rest and Relaxation specifically, have established already that in the event of death of our Rick, uh, he has fail-safes to keep himself alive via clones or consciousness transfer, etc. So, fine. This episode took that concept even further, establishing that Rick can accomplish this by transferring his consciousness into the clones of other universes' Ricks that didn't shut down the protocol like ours did in Tiny Rick. My only minor issue with this is that what does that do to continuity of the idea of Rickless Mortys? Morty reassignment that we've seen in episodes like uh, Close Rick Counters of the Rick Kind and Tales from the Citadel. If, assuming most Ricks have the same technology just to respawn in a clone of a different universe and make it back their own, why would the idea of a Rickless Morty be an issue? That's a pretty good question. Yeah, how would that even be possible? Um, Rickless Morty. So one thing, if you if you didn't know, a little bit of news is that uh, Adult Swim's doing a official Rick and Morty podcast called Rick and Morty Companion. It's uh, I don't know if it's available as a podcast, but it's certainly available on the Adult Swim YouTube website. Uh, and it was like this week was about a fifty minute episode, and they did interviews with like animators and different. Um, uh, above and below the line types. Uh, they're going to have Dan, Dan and Justin uh, on at various points in this season. Um, they talked about this a little bit and this, and also like uh, there's also, they're doing those HBO style behind the episodes where they do like, uh, you know, two or three minutes. And Dan mentioned that like, it's not that Rick can't be killed. It's like, he's a vampire. Like there's specific circumstances that, can occur where he, he he can be killed and i gotta wonder that yeah. like um you know like 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 the the concept of evil morty is that he's commandeered to rick and is 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 hunting down ricks like he's probably knows how to kill a rick to where they can't come back mm-hmm. like like uh, evil morty is the hell the the van helsink of of rick hunters sure um also like i imagine like what like if you have a like a a citadel of Rick getting uh, warped into the Federation high command and like Ricks are dying by the thousands. Like, does that overwhelm the network? Um, but yeah, I mean, ugh, again, come back to this infinite universe thing. There would be, if it's possible to kill a Rick and it should be possible because there's an infinite number of permutations here, presumably an infinite number of Ricks who don't have cloning operations set up. Mm hmm. And therefore, wouldn't come back if they died. Yeah, uh, there should be an infinite number of Rickless Mortys. Yeah. So yes, they're they're. Th- it's not to say that every Rick has a clone uh, facility, right? I mean, obviously ours doesn't. Our C one thirty seven definitely yeah. definitely had one. Well, he shut, it, but he shut it down. Yeah, so, but that, oh, so you're that saying change didn't some take effect? But don't that, even have. Yeah, I'm sure there's some that just never set up cloning in the first place, right? Yeah, there's another like um, uh, a Reddit thread going on about like, is it possible? Because we know the one of the things that Nazis were fascinated with is eugenics. Seems like that they would be into cloning. Like, is it an accident that they're? Uh, if you think about the infinite curve, the infinite uh, finite reality curve, is that our cloning cloning technology obsessed Ricks heavily weighted towards the infinities that happen to be fascist or fascist adjac- adjacent? Oh boy, I mean that's it's, uh, that's a big question. I guess it depends on how how ethical of a thing you think cloning is. Yeah, where where your ethics and morality I, I've seen altered lines are. It's, it's all over the place. It's true. Some some, yeah. some some bad 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 shit that can happen if you if you if you have cloning. I don't think there's some. anything unethical about cloning. I think it's what you do after the cloning procedure. 
that becomes ethical or unethical. Uh, Tom wrote in and has a uh, an eternal question for Rick and Morty, which is, can this premise last? Early in Rick and Morty, we get the thesis statement of the show that nobody exists on purpose, nobody belongs anywhere, everyone's going to die, come watch TV. But now that Rick and Morty have 70 episodes to go, I wonder if this premise can hurt it by undercutting character growth and making their journeys seem less compelling. The show has really leaned into the whole nobody belongs anywhere premise. Rick and Morty switch timelines. Uh, so now that we have a new Beth and Summer and Jerry, later Jerry gets switched at a daycare. Maybe. We talked about that. So we're either following Jerry and an entirely new family or we're following the family with an entirely new Jerry. Rick has a cybernetic enhancement in the Rick and Jerry episode with the worldly dirty conspiracy suggesting it could be an alternate Rick. Beth may be a clone. My question is, do you think that could undercut any serious character growth? If we're supposedly are supposedly supposed to care about these characters and the changes and experiences they go through, doesn't swapping them out completely undermine that? I'm wondering if after enough time it will be difficult to invest in characters if their arcs can be drawn up to nobody belongs anywhere and they can be switched out for a gag. Yeah, man. I think these episodes deal with a lot of issues uh, or a lot of concepts that nullify traditional storytelling. Like, mm. the idea of infinity nullifies every story you could possibly tell because all stories are told an infinite number of times, thereby rendering all of them meaningless, mm -hmm. ultimately. Uh, the the concept of, like, nobody belongs anywhere, you know, just come watch TV, is a very, like, high platform to start from. Mm -hmm. what, what higher platform do you jump to from there, right? Like, how do you evolve conceptually your show when you start at such a high level place and one way you could do it is like refute that like okay you know i mean or um, at least make the case for yeah. a refutation yeah. and i'm not saying that like then it's like you've identified that people exist for a purpose and people belong in specific situations but like uh -huh. maybe um you know there's even a little bit of hint that like morty uses it as a kind of like hey you know there's no rhyme or reason to do anything, so why not just spend this time with me? And it feels like that that's something the show's homing in is like you know in a because that's a, that's a this you know this isn't just Rick and Morty grappling with this. A lot of us grapple with the idea that like the universe is a purposeless, meaningless existence, mm -hmm. and you know what it'd be interesting to see them engage in almost like a good the good place type of philosophical wrestling of like you know like if rick spent a season like trying to be good mm -hmm. what would good rick look like i you could see that going like really horrific you know like uh um in in the in the kind of ways that like runaway <laughs> ai's like well what is yeah. what is maximizing human prosperity look like mm -hmm. um and and you know it's, it's, you could easily see that winding up like Morty did in this episode, where it's like, well, does that mean they're safe and they're pain free, so they're just all plugged in some kind of matrix where they're, you know, getting to live out their best lives, but it's all fake. Like yeah. it'd be kind of interesting to see that. Plus, I just keep coming back to the Simpsons has been doing this for what twenty five fucking years, uh -huh. and they do they are the the one. The one thing they've got is they don't have any of this nihilistic existential angst weighing them down, but they also don't have infinite timelines and crazy yeah. Doctor Who technology. They've got one town, essentially. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. stuck in this spring. We don't even know what state Springfield's in right. 25 years later, let alone like anything else about it. So if you change with the times and you keep the your, your fingers on the pulse of what people are thinking about and worrying about, and I feel like... Uh, 
you know, the generation that's really loves Rick and Morty, that like loves dark humor, that loves talking about the pointlessness of life, that loves joking about like suicide and dark things like that. Like you can do a lot uh, with that to both validate the sense of hopelessness, but also, you know, hopefully um, maybe offer an alternative. Yeah. And I think, you know, despite concepts like infinity and concepts like cloning and and, you know, uh, questioning identities. They've done actually a really good job of keeping these two central characters feeling like central characters. Yeah. You know, because this could spin off and you've got Mortys who you don't feel are Morty mm-hmm. or something. But they've always kept Rick and Morty feeling like Rick and Morty. Yeah. And as long as that's the case, I'm going to be interested in their personal journey in this crazy infinite universe. Yeah. Whether... Whether they're clones of themselves or alternate dimension versions of themselves, as they always feel like that core mm-hmm. character, I think I'll be happy. Yeah, and there's so many different. Like I, I thought the way they did this, like that made me think of, um, you know, when Beth is like, "Okay, this isn't how we do things now, Rick." Remember, and Rick's like through gritted teeth, like, "Would you please accompany me in this?" De-? And and the way Morty answered him is so fucking Morty. It's like this you know, uh, flowery kind of false, you know, f- polite. And then Rick just grabs his wrist. It's like, that's mm-hmm. a change in their dynamic, but it's like such a subtle one. And so Rick and Morty that like, then as that dynamic continues to change, as long as it's in a way that feels like, oh yes, Rick and Morty could get there from the spot they're at now. I mean, and are they teasing that? Is that the, the big teaser here is like this slippery slope thing that Rick says, right? Like, oh, I got to ask you to go on adventures now. Don't you see what a slippery slope that is? Are they, is this meta commentary? Like we could end up with a show that nobody recognizes because Rick, Rick's family dynamic dynamic has changed so much. Well, there was also some meta commentary that I thought was interesting about people saying that like fascist Morty is a stand in for certain aspects of the fan base <laughs> okay. that want their version of Rick yeah. and Morty. Like, why can't I get me six? It's been, but, but they don't actually know what they want. They but, just know what they don't want right. after they see it. Yeah. Right. I don't want this to be social justice warrior <laughs> bullshit. And I don't want it, but I want to have Mr. Poopy butthole. And I want, you know, it's yeah. like, uh, the, I, I don't know how much of that is like intended, but it certainly, it certainly works. And as long as it's like Rick and Morty can, can throw a joke a minute at the screen. Yeah. And every once in a while, like that, the thing is like, I think what you get to the, the heart of the question is Tom is like, is Rick and Morty going to lose its heart? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you going to lose the ability to kind of connect with what these characters like? Um, and I don't know, like, cause I haven't watched Simpsons in like 10 years. So obviously it lost me along the way, but like yeah. what I think elevates some shows over others is like the Futurama episode where Fry abandons his dog, you know? And like, it, like if a, a, if, if a crazy, stupid cartoon with fart jokes can make you kind of tear up or make you kind of think about your life, as long as they can keep doing that once or twice a year and keep making funny jokes, I think they'll be fine, but we'll see. We got 69 nice mm-hmm. 69 episodes left to see if they pull it off and that speaking of pulling off that is our show for this week if you'd like to send us feedback you can do so rick and morty at ballmove.com we'll be back next week with the next episode of rick and morty until then i'm aaron i'm jim see ya pickle me this is distributed by bald move in association with starburns audio it's produced by Jason Smith and Scott Porch from Starburns and myself, Ben Aaron, from Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. 
Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com and starburns.audio. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at club.baldmove.com to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at Bald Move. See you next time. Thank you.